This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Was that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, Now, Jerry, it's over. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast, edition number 56 of the 2021-2022 season. Joining myself, Omar, I've got my regular co-host, Mr. Kai Bennett. You all right, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. It's obviously been a week since we last on the show, so apologies for that, guys. Um, we're coming towards the end of the season now, though, so expect loads of content and hopefully more glorious wins like Saturday, mate. A 4-1 win against Barnsley. What a win, by the way. Yeah, it was superb, wasn't it? Millwall, four goals. You don't really often put the two together, but... Yeah, it was superb. I mean, even after they scored their their first, de- you know, the half a deficit, I thought, oh, this could be dodgy here. Mm-hmm. We sort of switched off for a couple of minutes, but the quality showed. Quality showed after that as well. Like, you know, they, they never really looked like landing glove on us, did they? All afternoon, apart from that goal, it's just a bit of a, I guess, a lapse in concentration, and we'll put it down to that. It was a bit of a slow start as well, wasn't it? But we'll talk all more about it, obviously, when we get into the first part of the show. Uh, if you're new around here, guys, be sure to like the video, subscribe if you're new. Uh, first part of the show, we'll be talking all things Barnsley. And obviously, we'll be sure to touch on our Easter games coming up at the weekend. Obviously, we'll travel to Preston on Friday, and then we welcome Hull City to the Den on Monday. So let's go to the first part of the show now. All right. 
Welcome to the first part of the show. As mentioned, Kai, 4-1 win on Saturday. I did touch on it in the intro there. Obviously, it was a bit of a slow start, but nonetheless, two goals for Danny Mack. We was there to witness his first two Millwall goals in his career, his first two professional goals in his career as well, I believe. Um, and obviously, it was a great, great win for Millwall. Obviously, I think goals also from Oli Burke and, and Afobi, two strikers on the score sheet, um, and a comfortable, nice home win in the end. It didn't feel like it at first, but a great win nonetheless, mate. Yeah, and a first league double over Barnsley since 1993-94 season. So that's also a nice little stat. Yeah, because they, they are like a bogey side for us, aren't they? Like I know we beat them at the uh, Oak. I know you were there to witness that Murray Wallace last minute header. But, Indeed. Um, you know, at home, we always seem to struggle against them. We always do. Like, they always seem to be a bit of a bogey side and team we just can't quite, you know, get maybe get control of. It doesn't matter if we're we're fighting for the playoffs or we're, we're down in the relegation zone. We can never, ever seem to beat Barnsley, you know, apart from the FA Cup game a couple of years ago. But in the league, we always struggle. And it was lovely on Saturday to sort of dominate a team. I know they, they started off well. They started off strong. And they could have been ahead, obviously, one minute in or two minutes in, wasn't it? I think it was Callum Britton. I don't think there was even a minute on the clock when he had that strike. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily for us, Bart kept it out. That goes in. That could be a different game. They have another couple of chances as well. But before Danny McNamara, yeah, buries his first goal um, for Mill. I thought it was wide at first because obviously where, you're, where I'm sitting, I thought, oh, it's just, I thought it's missed and then come back and hit the other side. But I was buzzing to see him uh, run off, celebrate, and it was a really nice moment for him. Obviously, I'd love to put you on the spot, mate. And you was right. You corrected yourself a little bit, saying the last time we beat them at them was in the Cup. Um, and that was a 4-1 win as well, which is obviously quite a quirk. The last time we beat them in 2013 was a 1-0 victory. Name the one player in the middle side that was also involved in that day that played on Saturday. Oh, um... This is a good one. Oh, I'm trying to think now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm alone. Malone, indeed. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously testament to Malone, by the way. Obviously, he went, came back. Um, but I thought it was quite interesting, obviously. He was initially involved at the club, wasn't he? And the back end of 2013, I think that was his last season at the Den. Uh, but obviously, it's weird, isn't it, obviously, to see him come back in. And I thought him in particular, obviously, loads of standouts, Max goals, obviously, great to see. Um, but I thought Malone, especially for the third goal, for Danny Max header at the back post, was a beautiful delivery after the neat work from a phobie. But... Testament to the man, really, I suppose. Eight years later, nine years later, even, still involved at the Den and still doing his bit. Yeah, definitely. He's He's been a bit of a breath of fresh air, hasn't he, since he came back. First season, got seven goals. I think, I think he's personal best. This year, he hasn't scored so many, but he's done, He's probably provided more assists, I think, this year. You look mm-hmm. at his stats. Um, but also, I think that's probably down to the fact that he hasn't shot. He doesn't shoot as much at the moment. Like He used to get the ball on the edge of the box and just have a strike, have a pop. But he doesn't seem to do that. He seems to pass the ball, which is obviously unselfish. But also, you, you, with his ability, I reckon he could have a pop. We have to touch on that last-minute cross as well. What was he doing with that, though? But I was <laughs> going to look back and laugh because you know, we were 4-1 up. But, oh, my days. That was a set piece right at the death, wasn't it? Right, It was 4-1 and he's thinking, I, I think he went for goal there. That's the only thing I think. He's probably thinking, visit to the back post. If someone gets a touch on it, so be it. But otherwise, I might try and steal the glory here. But yeah, I, even I looked to my mate Adam at the time. I was like, what the fuck has he just done there? I'll forgive him because it's the last minute of a 4-1 win. But what are you doing there? But very true. Good point. Um, but obviously, mate, like I said there, you know, I think it was just a good performance all round. Strong team from Mill. Obviously, a couple of changes. Uh, Bart Bilkowski in goal. Ballard at the back with Cooper and Murray Wallace. Malone and Matt Murray inside of the, the wing. Uh, Mitchell and Keith Bell in the middle. Keith Bell coming in for George Savile. And obviously, Jed in the 10 with Burke and a phobia up front. Burke coming in for, obviously, Tom Bradshaw. I imagine the manager's kind of easing Bradshaw's minutes a little bit. Obviously, a lengthy layoff beforehand. Um, but I think it was good to see the changes and they made a positive impact on the game, I felt. I thought even Keith in particular, like... 
he, he didn't get booked. That's, that's the first. Obviously, you know, we, you joked earlier in the season about his booking. I don't think he's picked one up since, to be honest with you, Kai. It's been a long time since he's been booked in a game. Uh, but he's um, he seemed to have come into the side and just offered that little bit more energy in the midfield. I'm not saying Savile's been poor, um, but I thought, obviously, back-to-back kind of tough uh, performances. Obviously, against Luton, we didn't get over the line. And then we played Swansea and, you know, I thought Savile kind of faded in the game, I believe. And obviously, Keith were coming in just offered that energy in the midfield, didn't he? Oh yeah, definitely. I think Keith, Keith's one of the players that just give his give his all. I'm not saying that Savile won't give his all, but I think Kifton Bell in that sort of performance against Barnsley, where it might be a bit more dogged, a bit more fight maybe needed. Keith is your man. Um, I think he'll you know he'll run around and he'll, he'll do his he'll do his bit. He'll tackle. You know what he doesn't have uh, technically, he'll make up with his with his desire and work rate to win the ball back. And you know he's actually getting better technically. He's picking a few passes out the other day, and there was quite a few, quite a few uh, number of passes he played. And obviously. Nice to see Ollie Burke get his start as well. For, I think probably a couple of months he hasn't started for, so he got injured, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and he played well. But Gary Rowell uh, alluded to the fact that Tom Bradshaw was uh, felt a bit of fatigue. He was a bit, a bit fatigued in the week, so he sort of gave him a rest, um, which probably looked quite smart in the end because obviously we don't want players getting injured now. You know, we've got five games to go. It's important we keep our players fit. So yeah, and Ollie Burke works a treat. He's he's quick, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rapid. And I think he's um, with a phobia up top. The two of them seem to kind of form a good understanding. So we saw against Luton, his assist for his uh, for the phobia's uh, goal in the game. Um, and I feel like, obviously, Bradshaw and the phobia are probably the preferred front two. But with Burke, he just offers that kind of dynamism that's a bit different to the forwards we've already got at the club, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. And I, and I, I don't want to sort of, you know, I don't know how many years. I think he might have one or two years left at Sheffield United, I'd assume, because they did mm-hmm. sign a couple year deal like three or four, maybe three years ago. But I'd love to see him back down the den next year, whether that be a loan deal, whether that be a permanent deal. I just think he offers us something different we haven't got at the moment. Obviously, you've got Mason Bennett who's out, but Mason Bennett's got that pace and power. But I don't think Mason Bennett's as quick as Ollie Burke. Mm-hmm. You know, Bennett's got squeal, he's got quality. But I think Burke offers that little bit of just raw speed. And sometimes with, with what, 10, 15 minutes to go, even if you don't start him and you bring him on with half hour to go, like, like we did against Luton, he just changed the game. He just changed the dynamics of it you know just running that players just when they're even when they're knackered even when they're starting you know Barnsley are so low on confidence and when you've got Ali Burke running them was so quick that it just it's going to unnerve them and it and it certainly did on Saturday I think he just provides that different kind of option as well and, and like in games like that you know I mentioned Keith Bell obviously Keith loves a tackle and the, in a sort of game let's be honest the first 20-25 minutes of the game before Danny Max opener it, it felt a bit flat at then I don't know if you got the same vibe Kai from the press box area but it felt like there's nothing, it's, it felt like a kind of end of season feel to it, especially in the opening stages. Obviously, you know, we saw Barnsley come into the game. Collins went off injured, their goalkeeper, kept a clean sheet. And then uh, Walton comes on and the floodgates open, I suppose. But it needed uh, something to kind of grab the game. And I think, obviously, Danny McAvoy, people popping up with that goal, added to it. And the, the atmosphere started to come into play, I felt like. But it, it was kind of, it, they needed to dig deep, the, the team. And I think the second half in particular, they'd done that, didn't they? Yeah, it was a, all about resilience and a bit, maybe a bit of patience. Second half, because you know you get the, you get the goal. Don't need to be patient for that goal. That ball was a lovely ball in from Scott. Great header from Danny. And then after that, it sort of just we sort of just lost concentration. I mean, I think I saw on Twitter a couple. I think a couple put it on Twitter. We we've lost concentration in a couple of matches now recently. I mean, Luton was one straight after halftime against Swansea was another one. So you know that we need to make sure we sort of stamp that out. But at the same time, the response was was very impressive. Um, we could have easily um, struggled under that and, and let Barnsley back into the game. They did have a couple chances, but they had nothing like severe. Um, and then obviously Ollie Burke 
pops up with with a goal. It was a great save for uh, Daniel Ballard's header, though. He's unlucky not to get his, get a goal himself. And Oli Burks managed to get it over the line. I don't I don't think he managed. I did think to he was going to miss it, by the way, because I think it kind of impulsively came off his left knee. He kind of just steered it in, but yeah. the goal was in front of him at his mercy, and the ball kind of tapers to the left off in off the post, but. It made it look a better finish, I suppose. But I do think Coy's going to miss this here. Yeah, I think I think I did as well. I think he was so close that he couldn't miss. Yeah, anything maybe maybe even a yard out, and he might have hit the post, and it would have been one of the misses of the season. But he deserves that goal, Ollie Burke. He, he's he's worked hard, and every time he gets the ball, he looks dangerous. And I think that's a reward for his efforts. That just on Ollie Burke, obviously, you mentioned about his loan deal, and he's probably got, I imagine, at least another year at Sheffield United. I agree with you there. I expect it's probably going to be if we were to sign him again another loan deal because if he signed in the Premier League and played in the Premier League, you got to imagine wages are probably a bit above what we can pay for the pay grade. Um, and you mentioned obviously he's a player you'd like to sign, but do do you see that being feasible or do you think it's you know is he playing his way into the shop window for another club to come in for him maybe? Or but he does seem to be committed to us and seems to be putting the effort in, doesn't he? So it's kind of an interesting one. I feel like. Yeah, I think it, it'll be a difficult one to do, but at the same time. I guess him being out for, what was it, six weeks or so, five, six weeks, might have actually done us a massive favour. Obviously, you never want to see players injured. But then five to six weeks that he was out, or however long he was out for, a month or whatever it was, that was time where he could have been you know, in, in, in the shop window and playing really, really well, scoring goals, assists. And obviously, it depends how he does in these last five games. If he scores you know, two goal, a couple goals and gets a couple of assists, obviously then teams are going to be looking at him, thinking we can get him, we'll, we'll look at him. Um, but him being out for that little time sort of just me- meant that he wasn't able to produce what he could have done maybe and maybe given us a more of a chance of signing him. Obviously, I'm, I'm not saying that I wouldn't have wanted him in the team because, obviously, you know, his pace and, and powers would have been brilliant for them games that he missed. But in terms of signing him, he might have done us a favour in trying to, in terms of signing him in the summer. I just wonder, um, you look at his track record, I think the most games he's played in the league season is 31 for Alaves, played 25 at Chef U in the Premier League I just wonder like his injuries maybe something that might be something kind of to worry about with him a bit like Mason Bennett but who knows it's up in the air I mean what I wanted to touch on anyway I thought Mitchell was outstanding on Saturday Saturday. Um, a few times he picks the ball up from deep and he gets out of his feet and quickly tries to switch play which obviously helps try and get us up and at Barnsley so to speak Um, but I loved it when uh, McNamara scored his first goal and the first person in was Mitchell running towards the East End block 18 it it felt kind of um, the nostalgic moment we all kind of hoped it would be when he scored his first goal for Millwall, I felt like. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I think we all wanted to be there to witness it, didn't we, when he got his first mm-hmm. goal. And in a way, I was kind of hoping it was going to be at the Den because obviously, you know, you'd love to see him pop up with a winner again, I don't know, against, you know, wherever it would be away. But at the same time, you want to be able to celebrate with him. And fifth, what is it, 12, 13,000 fans there on, on Saturday, they're, they're able to celebrate with him. And that was, that was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it was a superb moment for him. Superb moment for the fans as well. His 50th appearance for the club as well. Um, I think he touched on it, but obviously we thought it as well at the time against QPR. We had that chance, uh, I think, the first or second minute into the game. And he, he alluded to it in his post-match interview as well that was on the club's uh, recast site. I thought it was interesting. And he was like, from that point onwards, he mentioned how him and Paul Robinson, uh, one of the coaches that Rat brought in, they, they seem to be working on his finishing and his output. And by, you know, it seemed to be working on Saturday, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. I think that, that especially that second guy, that was really brave. Um, I know that I know it's a wing back's job, I guess, to be brave and put you, stick your head in when you don't want to. But I think when that ball comes across the, the face of goal, there was a defender right there, and he, he almost had to run past him. And he could have easily clashed heads with him, he could have even got kicked in the face. But he, he wins the header, but not just that, he, he so nearly ran into the post as well. Um, it was a real committed header from him, 
And I think that shows the the desire and work rate he is a, as a player and as a as a person has for has for Millwall. I think lastly we'll touch on if Phoebe's finished because it's we've doing in, in, injustice if we don't. But it was obviously I think a set piece, wasn't it, from deep. Um Cooper flicks it on, or it kind of it was a little bit of a scrabble anyway. Um but Phoebe on the swivel, left footed, keeper gets a little touch to it, but it was a great finish from him on his weaker foot. And I think that's his tenth goal of the season, I'm gonna say, maybe his eleventh. And fair play yeah. to him for an online striker. I mean, doing the business, isn't he? Yeah, and it's a shame that he got injured for a little patch because he could be on maybe 15 by now, couldn't he, otherwise? Mm-hmm. So, um, no, he's done really well. Um, I know sometimes he, I think he, you know, maybe, maybe some of his touches or he tries to do a bit too much every so often. And that, that maybe frustrates the fans. It certainly frustrates me every so often. But I think he is a good player. Um, when you, he, he's some such a good track record, hasn't he? We did so well for Bournemouth, did so well for other clubs where he got 30 goals or something a season once. Um, and I, did, I don't know if you saw the Twitter page. So I think it was Sunday or Monday. Um, Max and Carl uh, commentating on on the game, and Max goes uh, something like, "Oh, Benick, he'll be he'll be he'll be annoyed that he hasn't got a goal yet. You know, he's, he's played well, and you know, but that's what a striker does. They have to work hard. Then, literally, a second later, he scores. And they, that was and nice. that was my answer. He goes, you know, so it was quite it was quite a nice little response there from Benick. But that no, was a lovely, uh, lovely finish. Really talented finish as well on his left foot. Put it across the keeper. Great goal, four one. I asked you a question about Burke and whether we'd sign him again. Phobie's averaging just under one goal every three games, and for a mill or just over, sorry, like one goal every three games for a mill striker in the championship to have ten in thirty three in the league, um, it's good going, Kai. Like I think, and you're right. Obviously, without the injuries, he probably would have a couple more because he's that sort of striker that he gets the chances, not that doesn't always beg uh, put him away. And I think even Rowett said on Saturday he's disappointed not to see him into. 14, 15 goal figure, like you say. Um, but it's the first time he's got double figures since 2014, 15 season for Wolves in the league. And I feel like that's significant because he's backed by the manager. Obviously, Rat signed him for Stoke initially when he was the manager there. And we always all kind of hoped he'd be that striker this year. Um, but I do think he's finding a home at Mill as well. And I think it's for me, I imagine he's out of contract in the summer because he signed for Stoke initially in 2018, 19. I suspect it was a four year deal. So this is the fourth year of that deal. And I think if you was offered the chance to sign on a free transfer, I personally think it's something we definitely should consider and take because especially when you put him up front with two strikers, he struggled at times when he's on his own up there. But you play him with two strikers, get him in the box, get knockdowns to him, more than likely he's going to be that kind of fox-in-the-box striker that tucks it away. Yeah, definitely. I think he has actually got one year left. I think he's had a five-year deal for Stoke. Oh, did he? I right. think so, yeah. But then again, Michael O'Neill is pretty keen on getting rid of Deadwood, isn't he? What he what he considers Deadwood. Mm-hmm. Look at him in the summer with Brian Woods. He got rid of what Brian Woods. He gave he loaned him out for us t- uh, twice, two seasons running. So you'd assume it for Benick, it could either be another loan deal potentially, or hopefully we can get him for a cut price fee. Um, it'd be I think he'd be a good signing. I think he'd be a really good signing to have permanently. You know, I think he is at home at Millwall. You can see he loves it here. He loves the loves the players, um, and him and Jed. Have a really good connection. You can see that with when they when they're playing together. Obviously, we don't actually know the future of Jed yet, and I'm I was assuming about to say that <laughs> yeah, he will be away from Mill, unfortunately. Because um, you know, unless we make the Premier League, I think being realistic, that's probably what's going to happen, isn't it? But you never know. If we we've signed players like Benick, Benick stays. We sign other players that you know Jeb Wallace gets on well, well on well with. I'm not saying that we should go after players that Jeb Wallace gets on well with, but. You know, other quality players like, um, you know, the two Dutchmen that we were interested in, Ramsalar and Zian Fleming. If we can sign quality players around him, you never know. Jeb might think we're building something at Millwall and he might, he might want to see out his career here and maybe play for the play in the Premiership for us because he's always said that's his dream. You mentioned the dreaded Premier League. Um, 
So I'm going to ask you now, because I was going to wait till part two maybe to talk about it in the preview for the first next two games. I thought we was five points off all week. It's four points, but Middlesbrough have a game in hand. And if they win that game in hand, they're also four points ahead of us. So four points with five games to go. I mean, you're going to say yes, regardless, I suppose. But are we going to do it? Do you think we're going to do it? I mean, I think it's going to go to the last game of the season, personally. And I think that probably will be our stumbling block. I think Bournemouth might need a win to go up. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm sorry, I can't operate on that vehicle. But doctor, you took an oath. That RV, it's my son's RV. Oh, doctor, isn't there anything you can do? I'm not a miracle worker, Sheila. I'm an RV surgeon, trained to save the lives of large injured recreational vehicles, which is definitely a real profession. When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. They're forward at the moment as well. Um, But what do you reckon? Are we going to get into the playoffs? I think it's an 8% chance when I saw statistics the other day. How many? Eight, eight percent. Eight percent. I thought you said eighty percent. I was going to say, what? What no. is these odds? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'd love to say yes. You know, you know, what I'm like, I love to say yes. I, I think we could. I just think we need to make sure we're focusing on ourselves because for Good Friday, there's a on Good Friday, there's a couple of really hard matches for teams around us. I think Huddersfield got QPR. Um, I know Huddersfield won last night, which is a bit of a blow. Um, but uh, Bournemouth have got Borough, so Borough going to find it probably quite difficult there to win. I um, can't remember who Sheffield United have got, but someone around us has got Fulham, I think. So I think Luton have got Fulham, I think it is. So, you know, them them games are all games that they could quite easily lose. And if they do, then you never know, do you? We, we could, we could, we win on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Saturday, well, on Friday, we could be three points, uh, one point off the playoffs with four games to go. And all of a sudden, you, you're getting excited again. I'm, I'm already excited, I think. But I think that's Luton, maybe why. Luton have Forest and Bournemouth yes. have Middlesbrough. So, Sheffield United have got Reading at home. So, that's a, probably a bank or win for Sheffield United, to be honest. But... More, it's, when you look at that table, it, it's when you think about the gaps. I think not the first have two games in hand and somehow miraculously have a chance of maybe outside the top two uh, uh, finish. Which at the start of the season, their worst start in history, I think, at championship level, is remarkable and highlights the job Steve Cooper's done there. But you look at teams above us: Middlesbrough, not in the greatest of form. Same with Blackburn, same with Sheffield United, and obviously Luton have kind of a little bit faltered in the last few games. The form table for the last 15 games, mate, we're in fourth place in the league. And then, like I said about them teams up there, Forest are top of the league on the form table for 15 games. Fulham are second, Huddersfield are third, and we're fourth. And then you've got Bournemouth, then Luton. Um, but the other teams that I mentioned, Middlesbrough are 11th in that table. Um, you know, it's, it's there for us, I feel like. It really is, but... I think the importance of that is going to be highlighted this Easter weekend, which we can t- touch on in part two, I suppose. 
yeah, we definitely need to win that. I think we win the next two games. If we if we beat um, Hull and, and press Preston first and Hull, I think that will stand us in really good stead. And I reckon we probably we might even be one point or even maybe level on points if we win both of them games. Because see teams messing up around us. But then again, you look at you look at like a team like I don't know Luton, and as you said, they they're just starting to stutter. Teams are starting to stutter around us, and it just it hurts that maybe we didn't win against Luton now. And maybe get a draw against Swansea at least, because if you get three points more, you know, you're sitting on one point outside with four games to go. You could be in the playoffs if you win Friday. So that's frustrating to, for me. But then again, Saturday helps that massively, especially with the goal difference as well. The goal difference on Saturday is, I think, it's five now for us now. So it is. helps big time because you never know when. I mean, I think everyone else around us is probably a lot more, but you never know. We get a couple more. Big wins because we've got Hull and Peterborough coming up, who we could quite easily. I'm not, you know, I'm not disrespecting them or anything, but I could. We could quite easily maybe get a couple of goals against them, two or three goals against them. You never know where, where where it takes us. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the final run. It's just good we're in with a shout. The average is about ten to twelve goal difference for the teams above us, and we're on five. So, yeah, you're right. I think that's probably the only kind of downside I see. If this was a fifty league game season. I think we finish in the playoffs because the form we're in, the momentum we're going out, I think we would probably get in there. But I think five games might just be that little bit too late. But let's just extend the season see. five games then. What's the yeah. four games? <laughs> <laughs> we'll play, we'll play Barnsley another four times. Still good. Yeah, very true. Can we play every week? Uh, but yeah, that's the end of part one anyway. Um, we touched on the game. I think we're all quite positive, but we always are. Um, and we'll go into part number two now and talk all things Preston and Hull back shortly. All right, Kai, second part of the show. We're previewing the two games over this weekend. What do you reckon, mate? Let's start with Preston. What's your kind of hopes and ambitions going into the game? Well, they got a good well, they got a good win Saturday, didn't they, against QPR? 2-1. QPR put one back and added on time. But, I th- or was it 2-1? Was it I think it was 2-1, wasn't it? I can't remember. I think it was 2-1. But either way, they're a good side. They got a good manager. Uh, they did well against us at the Den in February. I think they drew 0-0. Um, and they, you know, it was a pretty boring game. I think they missed a penalty, if I remember rightly. Ben Whiteman missed a penalty, so it'll be a difficult game. Um, but then again, you know, we we're not we're not short of of, of confidence, I guess, right now with the four-one win. So you never know. I'm hoping it'll be a good game, bit of attacking quality, and hopefully we we can uh, we can just edge them. You know, I'm not expecting us to win four-one again, but you know, any win does. If we win ten-nine, I don't care as long as we win the game. I don't mind. Their form's been a bit patchy, but the last two, they beat uh, Blackpool, obviously close neighbours, and obviously QPR. Um, their home form is quite decent as well. So, I mean, it's nothing special. It's mediocre, mid-table kind of uh, home form. But with Ryan Lowe, I think they're kind of at the stage where they're trying to transition into the future, aren't they? And looking very much ahead to the next season or so. So Yeah, the owners as well. I suppose for us, yeah. So, I suppose for us, it's kind of what can we achieve in that game that can kind of, you know settle the nerves maybe start off early get an early goal maybe to kind of settle the nerves but I think the hope they're kind of got on the beach at this point as the saying goes and I guess for us it's important for us to grab the game and try and make an effect on it yeah I think that's probably the diff- most difficult thing when you're playing a team that doesn't really need to, doesn't really need anything from the game I think that's quite a difficult one because you don't really know how they're going to react how they're going to play whether they're going to lie down and let you and let you win easily or not let you win but they're not really going to care or whether they're going to be a bit, a bit more fluent um you know, brave, braver on the ball, which is possible because they haven't got anything to play for. So they, you know, they can just they can just sort of take risks, and whether that pays off or not is, you know, up to we'll, we'll see. But 
I think they're always difficult games when you when the teams haven't got anything to play for. Um, but hopefully, yeah, we can start early. I think it's their third game, third home match on the on on the spin. So, you know, hopefully they're they're feeling a little bit homesick now. We're not homesick, you know. What I mean, like they're just you know they they don't want to play at home anymore, and you know we they we win couple nil. I think um, they've got quite a couple of exciting players. I think they've got Cameron Archer on loan from Aston Villa. He's got 7-15 this season. Um, I think it's his first kind of football league loan as well. So I think he's highly thought there. So we have to do well to keep him quiet. And obviously a few other players in there that I, I obviously tend to recognise is Daniel Johnson who's been there for a few years. Um, but I think it's going to be one of those games where you've got to try and, I think, just like I said, start early. I mean, are you expecting any changes from us? A 4-1 win on Saturday, I think it's going to be I think personally it should be the same team again, but it would maybe see Bradshaw back in. I'm not sure. What do you reckon? I'd like to, I'd like to see same team. Um, I think that's really harsh on Tom Bradshaw um, because obviously he did start. He played really well against Luton. Thought he did well when he came against Stoke, um, and he didn't do too badly on Tuesday night against Swansea either. So I think it's really harsh on him. But the I think what we need on on, on what is it? Good Friday. I keep saying Saturday, but it's Friday, isn't it? Um, is pace because. Preston are going to, you know, Preston are probably going to be quite fluent and really take a lot of risks. And if we can counter them with the pace Ollie Burke has, I think Scott Malone and Ollie Burke are really dangerous down that left-hand side because Malone's very very keen and quick to send it, to, to step out of defence and really run with it. You've got Ollie Burke, Benicophobi and Jeb Wallace running off them. Yeah, it's, it's dangerous, isn't it? So that's what I'd like to see. Kifton Beld, you know, I don't really mind whether Keith stays there or Savile or Leonard come back in. Um, I thought Keith did really well on Saturday. I think it'd be harsh for him to, to be dropped. Um, but I'm not really fussed in the midfield. But then again, I'm not really fussed if Burke starts or Bradshaw starts. I'm not really fussed either way. But I think Burke will probably probably keep his place. It's a tricky one because the Easter weekend, you're made to think that the games come quick and fast, which they do Friday and Monday. But it's no different to having a Saturday and Tuesday fixture. Yeah. But with the travel up to Preston, I just wonder if, I mean, you can't get complacent. I think you've got to play your best team and just go for it. And I think there's no issue if, if we win comfortably on, on if we win comfortably on Friday. I'd expect the same team to go again on Monday. Like I think with there's five games to go now, the gauntlet is laid down for the players. The team should pick itself almost at that point. Um, and you know we're off the back of a good win. But I do feel like knowing Rowett, he's always alluded to it post match after games. Done it after the Swansea game. He's like I should have made a couple of changes tonight. And I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if he's got an eye on Monday, um, going into the game on Friday. But We'll have to wait and see, I suppose. And I think if he does, it's a risk to get, risky game to play, mate. Because if we lose on on Friday and we've made two or three changes and then we miss out at the end of the season by three points, we're all going to be thinking, is that a game at Preston that cost us? But I'm sure there's multiple games you can look at. But it is a, it's a fine balance in that. Basically, who'd be a manager? Because it's, it's, it's a pointless task. Uh, terrible job, isn't it? Like, I think we'd all think we'd be good managers. But when we step into it, I think we'd all struggle. I mean, it's just a everything part of it is difficult. But no, I think... I think same team goes again, probably, most likely. But I wouldn't be surprised, as you said, if he makes a couple of changes. And a bit on Hull. I mean, if I had to hand pick two fixtures for the Easter weekend, I would have personally not had the whole trek going up to Preston. Although I'm looking forward to driving up there and having have the night out there on Friday night. Don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for it as a, as a punter, by all means. However, I think if I was to hand pick the fixtures, I would pick two teams with nothing to play for. And Preston and Hull both fall into that category. I think Hull are now pretty much safe because the resurgence from Barnsley and Reading, I mean, Barnsley in particular, sorry, has just kind of killed off. You know, I think they've mathematically almost stayed up already for Hull. I think if I had to pump it two games, Kai, I would be looking at these two sides. Uh, is that just me or...? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think these two sides are the ones you probably want to play in terms of the fact that they, don't, they haven't really got anything to play for. But 
at the same time, I'd like two home games. Yeah, well, I don't think you can get two home games Easter weekend. But if you wanted to be picky, I'm sure you know. No, yeah, if you were, if I wanted to be picky, I'd have the rest of the games, the rest of the season at home, wouldn't I? But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's not possible, unfortunately. Um, no, but I think as you say, these two, these two teams are the ones you want to um, probably play. I think, yeah, I think we've got a good chance in both of them. Hull, difficult. We've got some young players. We've got some, you know, got good energy in the side. They beat us two one. Um, I think it's called the MKM Stadium now, rather than the KCOM. Um, Beat us 2-1 earlier the season. I think Honeyman and uh, I think it was McGuinness that scored. Uh, Bradshaw, I think, pulled one for It was the up. game where uh, Phoebe played through Bradshaw, didn't he? And, oh, it was uh, lovely. Uh, ball, yeah, that's it. Yeah. that was it. But it is true, though, because I think I think uh, these teams are on the beach. I th- it can work against you because I suppose there's yeah. no pressure on these teams. They might want to come out and start playing tiki-taka football and then you're thinking, what the fuck's going on here? Because I know some teams are like that in the past where, like, they're a bit hit and miss with their form, but if they're on their day and it's a good summer day and they've got nothing to play for, maybe they've got some sort of incentive to kind of show a message. I think that's what the only one I worry about is Friday. I'm, I'm relatively confident, touch wood, about Monday because our home form's solid. Friday for me is the tricky one because they're in that transitional stage where Ryan Lowe is almost saying to them, Do you want to be here next season? Like, I'm the new manager here. I want to make changes. Are you part of my plans going into next season? Yeah. And maybe some of the players are thinking, yeah, I want to be. I best show him what I'm doing. Maybe some are thinking, no, I don't give a shit, mate. I'm going to sack it off. But it, it's that. I think that if I'm if I have to put my heart, if I have to put my life on one game for us to win this weekend, I, I sincerely hope it's the Monday game. And if we get a result on Friday as well, mate, I mean, I tell you now, start looking at them, them playoffs, uh, semi final tickets. I, I, I'm getting carried away, but there you go. I, I'm feeling it, mate. I am feeling it. <laughs> anyway, if we if we um if we win these next two games, I'll start to unpack the trunks for Bournemouth. Because <laughs> it's it is true. Well, yeah, we're getting carried away because we've got Birmingham, but then another team with nothing to play for in Birmingham. Fear me. And then, no, you, and then you've got Peterborough, who will be relegated by that game in, in, in the end of the season. And that's the game where you're going to win six, seven, nil and get that goal difference up, Kai. And the last game of the season, we get a draw against Bournemouth, and then we get into the sixth place on goal difference. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I've asked, I think <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, six, seven, nil against Peter, but that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I, I, we can uh, talk about it like this anyway. And when we ultimately finish the season with one win in five, you know, it is what it is. So we're getting carried away because we want Mill to do well. Of course we do, right? You know, it's it's, it's fine. It's, it's what we want us to do. and It's what we want to see. But I just feel like it is a weird scenario to be in because I thought Luton was tough. Swansea, I thought, were dooms. It's done. And now I'm like, you know, still got a chance. Just win five games in a row, lads. That's all you need to do. <laughs> Before, when you won five games in a row in, what was it, over February, March? I yeah. Mean, you, playoffs. You know what my next question is, mate? Can I get a score prediction for Friday's game? I'm going to go 2-0. Jed right. Benick. Jed's drew a goal, you know. That's what I'm thinking. What's the last game he scored in? I'm, I'm going to find it. See, I'm going to put you on the spot. Derby. Sorry? Derby, I think. Yeah, it will be that. I'm not even bother checking because I'm pretty sure it is that. Yeah, Alex told me that on Saturday, and I was convinced it wasn't, but it was. I checked it out. It was my mate's been backing him for the last few games because it's like he's doing a good performance, and he, he's not been bad. I mean, on Saturday he was involved in a lot of good things. We do, you know, he gets the ball, tries to tr- find the spaces, and you see him try to look for that through ball to Burke a few times and stuff like that as well. But he has kind of petered off a little bit. But it's refreshing to see that, and the fact that we're still winning four one because. Start of the season, it was a one-man band. Well, it felt like it anyway. And now it's suddenly got Burke impressing, a phobia impressing. You've got Billy Mitchell pulling strings in the midfield. You've got Malone and Matamara getting involved. It's nice to see players really step up to the occasion and try to just kind of 
dominate teams. No, definitely, absolutely. I think also I must we must mention Burke's little dummy the other day as well that led to Danny's first goal. That was I don't yeah. know if he meant it or not, but if he did, that was unreal. And also Benick's little uh, skill for uh, to sort of get it back to Malone, you know, the one that he sort of drags it back and flicks mm-hmm. it for his legs. That was lovely as well. So there was a lovely little bit of individual skills there as well. I think we're seeing a bit of repetition now appearing as well. Like it, Obviously, we've played like this for the last couple of years, but it feels like it's just gelling together and the team picks itself almost. Um, and the players know exactly what's expected of them in the role that they're playing. So, yeah, I'm going to go 2-0 as well, Kai. I know we normally try to be different, but I was feeling 2-0 when I was asking the question. I'm going to go Cooper and Jed as well. So who did you go for? Was it Ben? You said Benick? Yeah, Benick and Jed. I reckon I like you. I like yours. 15 goals this year. He's going to get four goals in five matches. He's four Tweet, tweet um, at Skybet uh, request, mate, if I was you. What, 14 um, league goals is going to finish then, is he? That we thinking? 14 league goals. Right now. So, 14 is his highest. I think that was Wolves 2014. 11's in all competition. 10 is in the league this season. I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go 15 in all competitions. Ooh, four goals. What was his other He's... one then? Was that oh, was against Palace, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, okay. And then what about for Hull? I mean, just in case we don't do a show, we might do a show on the weekend, but no promises at least the weekend after all. Uh, what do you reckon the score's going to be against Hull on Monday at the Den, mate? Well, I've, I would have... The thing is, if we weren't doing... If we'd have recorded after Preston, I would say it, but it makes me look a bit of an optimist at this moment. I'm going to go 3-0. But we're going to okay. score five goals in two games and concede none, like... And score nine goals in three. I mean, is that really Millwall? I don't know. But... Yeah, we've scored 45 goals in 41 games this season, but we're suddenly going to score five and two. Do you know what I mean? That means nine and three, like you said. That's it. I'm 100% with you. I'm going to go 6 0 Millwall from there. <laughs> no, nah, I think also. <laughs> um, George Savile's going to score all six. <laughs> I think uh, I, I think we'll I think we'll beat Hull. I think I think it'll be another two 0 I really do. I think we'll win both games two 0 over the weekend. Delusion at its finest. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but I'm just confident, mate. Stars, you know that six 0 George Savile headline across the paper. Sixty Savile. Done. Sixty Done. Savile. <laughs> I mean, I know you. I know you're a tabloid journo, but I don't understand what that means. Like sixty Savile. Do you want to elaborate or? I think everyone knows what I mean. I see. I do know what you mean. I do know what you mean. I just want you to say it, but um, it's okay. Uh, But I think we've probably ran our course now anyway, Kai. Um, But thanks for joining me as always, mate. No worries, mate. I'm looking forward to the six goals from George Savile on Monday. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I should back it at this point, but it's impossible. It's not going to happen. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But we'll see. Uh, but anyway, guys, thanks so much for tuning in with us. If you've enjoyed it, be sure to like this video. And if you're listening on Spotify, be sure to follow us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. It's greatly appreciated. Um, shout out to Mickey. He's not here today, but I think he's on holidays with his family. So we'll allow him this one. Uh, we'll be back, hopefully, uh, next week to talk all things six points for Millwall and that step closer to the playoffs. Let's dream. Let's dream. Thanks for listening, guys, and see you soon.
Message. What up, what up? It's Heather's cousin. You dated her in college, or maybe you were just in the same class. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat, my man. Let's hit the water. Oh, and Heather told me you always liked, uh, snacks and stuff, so I could totally bring some chips. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them, and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Hey, also, I'm a little short on cash, so can you cover the chips? Thanks. I can see why Heather liked you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.